Good afternoon, and welcome to Madison Bookbeat on WORT. My name is David Ahrens, your host for this week's edition. Our guest today is Patricia Skalka. Patricia Skalka is best known for her Door County mystery series. The UW Press has recently issued the seventh volume of the series. The protagonist of all of these books is Door County Sheriff Dave Kubiak. And in a sense, the secondary protagonist that makes regular appearances is Door County itself. Today we'll discuss the latest novel, Death Comes to Door County. We'll discuss the rise of Sheriff Kubiak, what it is about writing a series, and the importance of place as a central character or force in a story. Welcome, Patricia, to Madison Bookbeat. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, Just starting off, I guess the question is, how did you find your way to doing um, this seven-volume series? Well, it's interesting because the the first one, in fact, the entire series, was inspired by Door County itself. And I was, you know, I've always, I was a nonfiction writer before I turned to fiction, but I always wanted to write fiction and I always wanted to write a mystery. And one day, this was a number of years ago, I was in Door County sitting on the Lake Michigan side on the beach and it was a stunning day, just, you know, everything perfect. Um, I was sitting in the very same spot that evening or that night, and there was no moon, and there was heavy cloud cover, so there was no starlight. It was so dark, you couldn't see anything. And it was actually a little bit eerie, and it got me thinking about you know, remembering what the day had been like. I was thinking about the contrast between day and night, light and dark, good and evil, and it just hit me that this is a perfect place to set a mystery because you have um, a setting with a a veneer of just perfection, and then you could have weave these Mm -hmm. sinister forces beneath the surface. That's where it all came from. Yeah. When you you started, um, and the the first volume is Death Stalks Door County, the first of the series, when you started that volume, did you plan on having a series, or did you think of the book as simply one-off, case-closed? Yeah, that was it. I, it was going to be one and done. I never imagined writing a series. It seemed just way too intimidating. I think I was thinking in terms of, you know, numerous 25 books or something like that. And I thought, well, I can't do that. And um, as I was writing it, however, different ideas, plot lines were coming to me. And I thought, well, it could be a limited series. I could do like four one a season. <laughs> and then that grew to seven. So, you know, the seed was planted very early. Mm-hmm. In the first volume, when we first meet uh, the protagonist who um, is is you know the actor in in all of the books, when we first meet uh, Dave Kubiak, he's he's not the sheriff. He's a bitter ex-cop from Chicago and seemed to be on his way to alcoholism. Uh, and by the end of the series, he's married. He's well balanced sober. Um, did you did you have a sense of the trajectory of what his life was going to be um, at the end of the first volume or the second? I, I did at the end of the first volume. I knew that each of the books would have its own story arc. Writers always refer to story arc. Mm-hmm. Which basically means the beginning, the middle, and the end of your story. But that the um, series would have an overriding story arc, and that was going to be his personal journey of of like redemption, because he is saddled with grief and guilt at the beginning. And I needed to help him move through that and get through that. And so I had to move the stories through time. I had to move him through time. He gets older in each book. So there was a natural progression from when where he started to where he finally. Um, ends up. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- what do you think, what are the qualities of a character, and in this case it's Kubiak, um, that keep you as a writer 
and really the the reader's engaged. I mean, people keep coming back to a series, not necessarily because they want another mystery, but because they want to meet that person again. You know, it becomes a person in their life, um, sort of book after book after book. Well, I think in Kubiak's case, um, he, I think that I, people do seem to like the stories because each one is very different. So although there's a mystery and mm-hmm. a murder involved, sure. they all lean into the past and they occur in the pers- present time. But they're, um, they're very different. And he tends to rely a lot on his instinct and on small detail um, to solve them. So people like the puzzle element. But they really, and this was a surprise to me, people really warmed to Kubiak. They saw him... Uh, suffering and they wanted him to get better. In Mm -hmm. many instances, people who had suffered trauma or had some difficult loss and hardship in their lives saw their stories reflected in his and uh, they connected with him. And and, uh, to be honest, I didn't expect that. I mean, it was, it was, it was a bonus. It was a wonderful thing I think to have happened because people really saw him as a hopeful character. He is, able to deal with his loss, but he's also dealing with the emotion of it in a realistic way. He doesn't wave a magic wand and it disappears. You know, he has to work through it. And people who have these kinds of experiences um, understand that that's reality. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, throughout the stories, I mean, there are just flashes and remembrances and so on um but that i guess over time he he learns simply not to dwell um on that and to get back to this moment that he's in uh you mentioned that uh your books the murders uh in the books always are part of something in the past it's not you know, a lover's quarrel, which is taking place this moment, or something along that line. There's there's a long trail to this, um, which must make it, which add as a level of of difficulty for for the sheriff. Um, uh, why why does that work for you, and why does that work in a story? Well, it works for me because those are the kinds of books that I like to read. I'm drawn to uh, the stories that have that kind of depth to them where, you know, where the, the roots go deep and are tangled and you know may lead to unusual places or places you don't expect. So that was just very natural for me to want to write that kind of, 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 uh, of mystery. And the other thing is that Door County has a very, very rich history. And, you know, it started as a rough-and-tumble frontier area. There was nothing pretty about it, and it's very different from what it is today. So I knew it had all of these, you know, this aspect, all these things to draw upon. And also, just as it developed, you know, there's a whole range of, of different kinds of characters and people there. You have tourists, you have the summer people, you have uh, welders in the shipyards. You you know, you, you've, you've got quite a a cast of characters to choose from and to mix together. So it, it was very rich, both in history and geography and everything about it. Plus, I knew it. I was very familiar with it. So um, it seemed logical to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, I mean, the part about, you know, um, uh, in the last volume of a, of a land deal that goes bad, but but that happened... I don't know, a hundred years ago, um, and that comes forward to sort of continually afflicts these people's lives, um, or you know, a incident in World War II that you know comes back uh, critically, and so what? Why is it that rather than most mysteries are here and now? Because I think it adds interest and depth, mm-hmm. and it also makes it more interesting for me mm-hmm. to, to write. I have to learn, um, and like you mentioned about World War II, I mean, I had to find out, I had three characters. This was in a different book, not yes. Death mm-hmm. Cast a Shadow, it was in Death at Kills Rock. 
um, how, you know, I, I had to figure out a way for them to all have served together in the same place without it being too much of a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It turns out that everyone in the Sturgeon Bay Coast Guard contingent served in the Aleutian Islands. So it's like, it's like a puzzle for me that sure. I have to, to, to put together and then present it to the readers. So it, it, it just makes it more vibrant mm-hmm. in, in my mind. And then in Death Rides a Fairy, you have the story of this missing viola da gamba, you know, the missing viola. And I got to fabricate a whole story about uh-huh. It's a lot more fun was, than a lover's you know, quarrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot more fun. Uh-huh. And, and just a lot more material to work with. Mm-hmm. Right, all of history. <laughs> yeah, the other part of this is, um, and you mentioned Door County, but when I'm thinking of Door County as the sort of secondary of the other protagonist here, it's not the people, but it's it's the geography and, you know, the water, the lakes, the bay, and, um, and particularly the weather and how it plays a key role in people's lives, how they move around or don't move around, um, you know, the ice fishermen and so on. How do you, how does that come into play where you're sort of working in Door County as, as a character, really? I mean, you mentioned, you know, well, it turns from beautiful day to night and it's dark. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I think just because of my experience of it, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just intriguing. You you have, especially the water, you know, and those, that water is very treacherous, especially up around the, the tip of the peninsula, Cape de Mort, I mean, uh, Port de Mort, and, and all of the, um, you know, the many, many um, shipwrecks, mm-hmm. you know, this, 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 is a, 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 this is a place, again, that looks beautiful on the surface, but, but it's, it's very treacherous. You have, have those wonderful cliffs, you know, coming down the, from the, the, the Niagara Cuestra, coming the horseshoe of, of it ending up in Door County, and all the cliffs on the west side, those can be very dangerous places. You know, they're very steep. Um, it, it's, it's just there. And, and I'll tell you that, that I was giving a presentation uh, once in the wintertime at um, one of the yacht clubs that's along the bay. And it was stro- so striking to me that, that not Green Bay, but Sturgeon Bay itself, which mm-hmm. was completely frozen over. And and covered with snow, and there were all of these fishing huts, you know, ice fishing huts up there. It was like a little village out there. And right down the middle of it, the icebreakers had cut a path for the freighters to come in. And it was like looking at a ribbon of, of like, ink Uh in the middle of this whole beautiful... Everything else was white, white, and then there's the... Yeah, it's very that's a very vivid picture you make there. So I thought I have to use that at some point. And so I knew the last book was going to be set in winter and I was going to work that particular setting or scene into it because it is so striking. And of course, the sheriff, just as I did, was standing there thinking, somebody's going to fall in. This is, this is like absurd. You know, please get away from there. You know, he's, like, uh-huh. he's looking down from, from above and he's like thinking, oh, my God, someone's going to, you know, and, they'll, and the water will be freezing cold. But of course. It doesn't happen that way, but um, uh, there there is a tragedy that does occur out on that ice. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, you just see these things, and and it it really just captures the imagination. Um, do you know the? I'm, I'm sure you must know the sheriff of Door County. Um, is he a, a friend of yours? And what does he think of the the series? Well, when I did the first book, I interviewed the the sheriff then, and he's no longer. I mean, he's retired now. But um, he gave me a, a, a lot of good advice and, and, you know, kind of gave me the overview of, of you know, who the, the difference between the sheriff of Dark County, the police chief in Sturgeon Bay, two sure. different entities. And I remember um, he said, well, he said, we've had one murder in the past 10 years. And I just looked at him and I said, well, I've got more, quite a few more than that in the first book. <laughs> and he was really, he was really very pleasant about it. He just smiled and said, well, it's fiction. That's okay. Yeah. So then I knew I was on good paper. Yeah, it's sort of like um, Inspector Morse um, on PBS. You know, where he's in a he's a detective yeah. in Oxford, England, and you know bodies are dropping by 
you know, right. two or three every week. You know, you just why why isn't the whole town cleared out by then now? And um, but the getting back to Door County, I mean the um, in this last volume, um, you know, the weather itself is is critical, and I uh, appreciated the part where. Um, you know, it's not just the sheriff going out and he's tough and the fact that it's below zero doesn't bother him. Um, he becomes, you know, f- freezing in a way that, you know, he he shows his own alarm at, um, at what could happen to him had he stayed out uh, on the lake for another five minutes. Um, so in that sense, it's this becomes this other character, and then at other points, there's real, you know, sort of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like sort of bookmarks of this is what the weather is at this particular moment, or it's it's going to snow three inches, or it's not, or it's blowing, or it's not. And um, most... Um, mystery books or any any kind of books don't have that kind of environmental sense of of the particular moment mm. so i i really appreciated that i mean of course like most folks have spent some time in door county mostly in the um summer but i've been there other seasons as well and i think it sort of gets um uh short shrift in terms of being just a summer a summer uh, location <clears throat> excuse me let me just say here yeah. that you're uh, listening to Madison Bookbeat on WORT FM uh, I'm David Aarons and we're talking to Patricia Skalka author of Death Comes to Door County the seventh book in a series of mysteries situated in Door County I would normally suggest that listeners who are interested in the book go to the library and get a copy. But um, Patricia, I checked on the uh, the online book reserve site for South Central Wisconsin. <clears throat> excuse me, and found that if you attempt to reserve a copy of this book, you'll be the one hundred and thirty fifth reader <laughs> in waiting. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and and that's with 30 copies in the system. So I look oh, through the Lord. other books, and every one of the books is on reserve. Well, maybe the library should buy more. More copies, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have well, 25, 30 copies each. Yeah. But what's odd is that 10 years later, after pub- initial publication, uh, people are still waiting <laughs> so so uh if you if you really want a copy you should go to mystery to me or room of one's own or uh, one of our local books bookstores uh, where i'm sure they have uh copies of this book do you uh read it mystery to me i do in fact i, I was there uh the end, july 28th i believe it was and had a really really nice turnout and very appreciative audience in fact i've i've been there for each of the seven books and the last few it was in conversation with doug mo so it's always oh a nice uh-huh. it's a fun evening yeah yeah um yeah we've had uh, other writers uh, who also uh, frequent it and and really um publicize and and you know push really uh local bookstores and, and local writers. Um, so, despite being a, a tourist mecca, of a, you know, which is how the sort of the world thinks of, how many people did you say come to Door County every summer? It's mentioned in one of your books. Well, it's the, the figures that I have are annual visitors because they really do get a lot of people in the fall and quite a few in the spring. So it's 2 million annual. 2 million people. Yeah, that's shocking, actually, yeah. when you think about it. It's, 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 yeah. it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know Disneyland kind of proportions. But I guess you know in the summer, as you drive through some of the villages, you really get a sense of how congested and you know there are thousands of people around. 
And um, but there, there's not much of a role for tourists in the book. Um, uh, most of the action and the plot line revolves around the the locals who are multi generational, or I guess they must have a name for the outsiders who have who have settled in the county. You know, not just summer vacationers, but is there a word for those folks who? Second homers, or Second something. Homer. I, you know, I, there, there probably are a number of them, in, in, you know, uh, different different terms. But newcomers, newcomers, you know, they're newcomers, newcomers of course. Been coming for twenty. Well, we've been there for twenty five years. Well, you're still new, you know. So right. Those are the old timers and the newcomers. Yeah. Oh, is it your sense that that the sort of the influx of tourists and and the thousands of seasonal workers? Who come? Are they somewhat invisible to local residents? It would depend on what kind of business the local residents are, what their jobs are. Let's say you're, you know, if you're a dairy farmer in the middle of, of the peninsula, you probably don't pay that much attention. But you know, for many people, the tourists are their are their bread and butter. They they make their um, their livelihood for for the year in in a few precious months. Mm-hmm. Again, most in the summer, but then into the fall. So they're very very conscious of the tourists and of the need to um, provide them. You know, you need restaurants, you need housing, you sure. need entertainment, um, and and it's 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 just an ongoing issue with with providing enough services and and um, and, and when winter comes, you know, I mean. People, people who you have a business up there, you it's twenty four seven during the uh, during the high season, and and then when winter comes is when you get a chance to just kind of kick back and relax and catch your breath. Mm-hmm. So depending, you know, again, if you're a welder in the shipyard, you probably don't pay any attention to the tourists. If you're a farmer in the middle of the peninsula, same thing. But if you run a business or you work at one of the businesses, then you're very aware of them. Yeah, yeah, it's um, is. Has the um, have you been up there this summer, or are you there now? <laughs> are you in Door County now, or I'm in Milwaukee right oh, now, Milwaukee, yeah. where I live. But I was in Door County just last week. I was up there earlier in the summer, and I'm going up um, Thursday. In fact, I'm going to be up there for pretty much the rest of the summer, and so I'm back and forth a lot. And it it varies from one year. My family has a cottage up there, and sometimes I'm up there for several months at, at a time, and um, it, it kind of changes depending on what else is happening in my life. Yeah, and um, has has Door County been hit uh, or suffering from, you know, the lack of workers? And the last time I was in Door County, I was at some, uh, there's a, um, a canoe and kayak, camp there that uh, has hundreds of people come to it for a week and uh, at the hotels where folks were staying you know almost all of the workers were uh, eastern european mm, like 20 somethings you know yeah Uh, are are they still able to bring those folks um into the united states and and working as help? Uh, yes, but not to the extent that they were able to do so previously. And one of, you know, there are issues with visas, but there are also issues with housing. That is a very big concern in Door County, as it is in many parts of, of the country. Um, affordable housing. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, how, how, do you, how do you provide enough of that? And, and, you know, people will recognize the need for it, but there's that tendency that not in my backyard kind of mentality. Sure. So that kind of complicates things a bit. But, but they, there are a number of civic leaders in business, um, business people who are very actively working to solve that because they realize that it is an issue. So there are businesses that, you know, are advertising, you know, help wanted, um, nice pay, um, you know, and, um, and then you know part of it too is is uh, if, if some of some of the workers are some are our kids who are, you know are off school for the summer while well, come fall they're they're back in the classroom so that also plays a, um, a role in, in affecting the the supply of, of workers but it's an, it's an ongoing challenge yeah yeah I noticed um, in the Dells um, the major 
amusement parks or whatever, they've built dormitories on their property. Um, so where the you know where the park they sort of take over some of the parking, uh, and they have huge dorms because that's the only way that yeah. um, their people who they I guess they consider will be all from Europe or Asia or whatever um, will be able to to live there. Uh, I mean they can't you know sort of sleep in their car for seventy days. So um, what what's the response of local residents to the series? Well, it's interesting because the first book, Death Stalks Star County, um, when it came out, that was that was in the back of my mind. How is this going to be received locally? Well, the official launch for the book was co-sponsored by the Friends of the Library, so I thought that put me on good paper, and also um, Peter Sloma from the Peninsula Bookman in Fish Creek. Um, so they co-sponsored my official launch. So that was like the imprimatur, you know, I was okay. And then since then, um, they've been very well received by locals. People like to read about a place they know. And, it, you know, people buy the books up there. So it's good for business, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, um, it's been fine. And right on Door County, which is, a, you know, the new writing center, literary center, mm-hmm which started just about the time I was coming out with my first book, they've been very um, um, active in, in promoting my books and supporting me and, and having me there to do various things. So uh, I'd say the reception is very positive. Could you uh, uh, talk a bit about uh, the the Write On Center and how it's spelled? <laughs> oh, it is W-R-I-T-E. Yeah. Right. It's four words, Write On uh, O-N, and then right on, comma, Door County. Uh-huh. And and the idea behind it, the, 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 I guess, moving prime factor, feature, or idea theory, mm-hmm. is that everyone has a story to tell. So the idea is to help people feel comfortable in telling their stories and, and learn how to tell their stories, whether they are young or old, or whether they are writing fiction or nonfiction or poetry. Um, the center started pretty much as just an idea. Um, they had land was donated to them, and there was an old farmhouse mm. on it, um, and that's in Judville. And 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 they had to like, but they didn't really have a place to host host events. So they were moving. You know, they'd have a meeting here, a meeting there, different libraries, different locations, and now they have a beautiful center where people can come almost on, on like on retreat to spend time writing to attend classes and courses. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal resource, and, and I would encourage listeners to um, just check it out. You can go online and, and find a, a listing of, of what their offerings are. They'll have like one-day workshops or you know after a workshop that might be two hours in an afternoon, and then there'll be longer sessions too. And, and then they do a lot to promote writing um, for for kids, for younger people, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and do they have residents there? I mean, can you stay yes. there? Yes, you can stay. Yes, you can. It, it, it's limited, but they do have that. And um, um, so it's all it's all on the website, what, what they offer and everything. And the setting is just gorgeous. It really is lovely. And then it's a quiet, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know how many acres it is, maybe 40 or 30, something like that. And there are walking trails and paths and you can really just kind of lose yourself and become inspired. Uh-huh. That's great. Um, so do you, do you um, teach or lecture there or run workshops or? Well, I was at a mystery writing conference there last fall. There were uh, six of us, I believe. And we had a very nice turnout for that. And I did some workshops for that. And I have done individual workshops for, um, for the, uh, for Write On for the center uh, in the past and, and conversations with uh, Jared Santek, who's the, the director and, and um, so a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, now, at, when a, after the book, a book is published, um, is there a rumor mill in Door County about which characters, who, where the characters are modeled after this person or that person? 
Well, if there is, it's a very quiet one. Oh, yeah. I have not. <laughs> I have not. I haven't heard anybody. But um, I, I do work hard to make sure I don't want anyone. I mean, these are fictional characters. Sure. And uh, Kubiak's a fictional character. Everyone is. And, and I work hard to, um, to, to create a sense, to give enough of a sense of where something is happening that, that people who are familiar with Door County know what I'm talking about or can place it, mm-hmm. um, but not so much that, um, you know, you can like pinpoint an address. I mean, I never identify a business by name. Mm-hmm. I don't even use real street names because mm-hmm. I don't want, um, you, you don't want to kill somebody in front of somebody's house you know, or in front of their, in, in the doorway of, of their business. Uh-huh. It might not go over very well. Um, but the the only the only thing I struggled with one time was in Death Rides the Ferry because you know there aren't a lot of ferries up there. There's right. to Washington Island, and I yeah. and and I interviewed the president of the company White, and he was he was really great about it. He you know he said I suppose there's going to be a body on the ferry, and I said well it is a murder mystery because if he had objected I would I thought well how am I going to do this then how am I going to you know, I'd ha- I would have had to have come up with, with something different because I don't want to do anything that's going to cause somebody um, a problem. Well, you've, have you heard about any publicity is good publicity? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's that saying, too. And, um, so I don't think I don't think they were worried about it. Yeah. So, uh, um, no, it, it, it people have have wondered about where I get the ideas and um you know how you know how this works or how that works, but the, the, you know there's never been uh, uh, the the rumor mill as as you described. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, do you think there's a a favorite book um, in as received by the community? Is there one that sort of had the greatest resonance resonance to them? That's a very interesting question. I've never even thought about that. So the first book, when there's a series, okay, these books all stand alone, like Mm -hmm. Death Cast the Shadow, the most recent one. You could pick that up and read it, and you would get a sense of who Kubiak was and what he had dealt with and how he got to where he is. And you could do that with any of the books. But most people who want to read a series or who realize that or know that it's a series want to start with the first one. So the first book, Death Stalks Door County, is always, always well-received and sells well because people want to start at the beginning. And then they kind of move through through the series all the way through. Um, so which one? Which one? I would... I, I think I think they're all well received actually, <laughs> for, and for different reasons because people will like in Death Rides the Ferry where there's the um, Viola da Gamba festival on Washington Island. You know, I'll, I'll get emails from people who say, "Oh my gosh, I never even heard of Viola da Gamba. Thanks so much. It, you know, it, you, I learned something new." And then I'll I'll get uh, an email from someone who is a Gambist who says, "Oh my gosh, a mystery that includes the you know Viola da Gamba. How fantastic!" You know, I never thought I'd read something like that. You know, and they, of course, are very familiar with the music and the instruments. So um, there seems to be like really widespread appeal, you know, pretty much across the board. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I thought there might be because there'd be some factor about Door County that people feel um, is, you know, boy, this is, you know, real. And uh, this... People have more aha moments about, oh, now I'm here, now I'm there, I know that place, kind of thing that um, people enjoy about location-specific mysteries. Um, but that happens in all of the books. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, happen that's in right. one of them. So, right. um, I mean, I've had people who, again, people. I get emails from people who are you know, from Connecticut and Massachusetts and Colorado, and they say, um, you know, I, w- I used to go to Door County when I was a kid, and I remember all these places. Or they'll say, I've never been to Door County, but I, you know, I have a map, and I'm following it, and I can just picture it. And I, now I want to go there because it sounds so great. So from one extreme to the other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, who are your favorite mystery writers? Oh, good question. Um, I'm... 
I was very inspired when I was much younger by Dorothy Sayers and her Lord Peter Whimsy mysteries were the, the, the stories that, that made me realize that a good mystery did more than just solve the crime or, you know, put solve the, give you the answer to the puzzle. It was really a window into character and, and what were people all about and what motivated people uh, to do the right thing or to do the wrong thing. So I have a you know a soft spot in my heart for Dorothy Sayers, but in terms of contemporary authors, um, uh, Donna Tart is at the top of my list. Uh-huh. She writes yeah. unconventional but certainly mysteries. Yeah. Uh, Kate Atkinson. Oh, Barbara I love Kate Mary. Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Laurie Rader Day just did Death at um, oh I forgot the name of it Green Green something. Um, Agatha Christie's mm-hmm. summer home or home away from London. And that was really a marvelous uh, fictionalized story of what happened during World War II. And um, Alan First, I love his yeah, World sure. War II yeah. story. Talk about a Sarah sense of Ferretti, place. Of course. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, place that, and time. And, yeah. I mean, the place is, is almost the protagonist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But who else? Sarah Paretsky. Um, you know she's you know, she's always great with her V.I. Warshawski, mm-hmm. and uh, just I don't know. Um, I still can one. I read Gorky Park when it came out, mm-hmm. which is what twenty or thirty oh, years yeah, ago, and right. I can still picture the opening scene in it. So you know, um, I'm just you know Martin Cruz Smith is just you know just people people stay with you with in terms of what they write, and and I like to just read. I like to read a variety of things. Um, the the, the uh, Shepherd Island, the, the, all those mysteries. Um, oh, just I'm not familiar with that. And and William Kent Kruger. You know, there there's just so many. I I can hardly keep up. <laughs> yeah. Did you have you read any stuff by uh, Laura Lipman? L i p p m a n. Yeah. You know, I know the name, but I I her her stuff takes place in I, Baltimore. I mean, it's it's another thing yeah. with. I think that's common to mystery writers is to really focus on a a place, you know, and right. and develop that. And her her territory is Baltimore. Her her husband is the writer of um, the TV show The Wire. Oh yeah, it was a series. Yeah. Um, there. Yeah. Well, my I'm, I'm familiar with Baltimore. I have friends there, and my younger daughter went to school there, so I've been in Baltimore a lot. And and it's on. She's on my list. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm. And, and I, in fact, I have stacks of books that I need to get to. So. <laughs> yeah, it's the old uh, what's on your night table <laughs> story. Um, now, you, you live in, you, you say you divide your time between Milwaukee and, and Door County. Have, have you considered um, having a mystery series based in Milwaukee? I haven't thought of having a series based in Milwaukee, but I have had a thought about having an individual book, you know, an individual book. Mm-hmm. Set. Yeah. Um, which of course could turn into something else too. But um, yeah, I've, I've had, uh, that's kind of percolating in the back of my okay. mind. You know, it's, uh-huh. it, it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now you've sort of made it pretty clear and, and you could sort of tell by the end of, Death casts a shadow that um, this is the end of the series. And what? why have you decided to end the series? When I started it, I, you know, I alluded to this earlier that, yeah. that it was, it was Kubiak's journey. And when I felt that he had come to a place of resolution, that he had, it was like a journey of, per, of redemption, personal redemption. And, I just felt like he was there. And and so I knew that's the really strong his struggle, his his need to to come to some terms with everything that had happened and with who he was and how he was going to connect to the world again and connect to life. Um when when he had that kind of resolved, that was that was the emotional connection for me to the books. And once he got there, I, I just wanted him to be in peace. He's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
He started out really troubled, and now he's okay. So I've done my job. I but got these guys always come out of retirement to solve <laughs> one last big thing that has stumped everybody else. And he. Well, I'm not going to say that's not going to happen, but um, you know, it, it has. Uh, uh, believe me, other people have suggested. It's like, well, maybe he could do, or maybe you could do a prequel, or maybe you could fill in the blank and you know do one that fits in between this one and that one. There have been many suggestions. Yeah. Um, I'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, there's always the these guys always come out of retirement, retirement, and or leave or or whatever. I mean, it did seem to be. It didn't seemed to be final that he was uh, retiring. I mean, he had a sense of personal resolution and so on, which I guess is sort of the meaningful part uh, for you um, in terms of him coming through, you know, his his crisis. Um, but in terms of um, uh, further mystery, um, he could, you know, sort of, Strap on the gun one more time, which is, <laughs> which is also interesting. That there's not, you know, um, you know, there's not. For those of you who are, you know, uh, Ori of of violence, there's not much violence. I mean, for, for murder stories, there's really not violence per se. Well, once yeah, I that and that's. Again, a personal preference. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I know what I like to read, and and um, and and so I just go with that. That's kind of my guiding star. Um, I, I there are certain kinds of certain books that I just don't read because there are certain kinds of movies I don't watch because mm -hmm. of the level of violence. I, I feel like I don't need that in my life. Um, obviously, there's violence because a person, you know, somebody ends up dead. Um, but I don't think we need to go into great detail about it. But one of the things, and I don't, I mean, this might be a, just a fantasy on my part. One of the things that I hope readers do, um, you know, as, as you said, these are not just spur of the moment, uh, you know, kinds of, uh, you know, an act of passion mm -hmm. at that moment kind of murders. These are things that you know, people think them through and plot and plan and, and, and they feel justified. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something's been taken from them, or there's some reason that they really feel that they, they are, that they are completely in the right in what they do, and, you know, we're all capable of of very good things, and we're all capable of doing some pretty nasty things. So, I, I what I want readers to do is not condone the act of, of murder that is committed, but to try to understand what motivated the action and and to ask yourself what would you do in that situation you know what would you do if you had if there was something that you needed to keep secret or it was going to ruin your life and here's the person in front of you that you know is going to reveal that secret yes what do you do <clears throat> how do you make that decision um you know and and so, so there are many, any, in many instances like that in, in the books, and and it's just to kind of understand why why people do some of these things. Yeah, I think the, um, I thought the sort of the motive here that it's not something that occurred to the people who did the crime, but to prior to grandparents or something, but they've been told since childhood, they've been inculcated with this sort of recitation of how their family has been wronged, uh -huh. um, even though it's not them that has been wronged, really. It's happened to people who they don't even know that have been died before their birth. Um, but it's still something which is uh, kind of the, the sharp spear in their life that, that they can't get over. Well, because they're still living with the consequences. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they, they think they are. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, in a way they are, of course, but they don't really have to <laughs> uh, live with it other than that they've probably been told, you know, 
you're you're nothing because such and such a thing happened, mm-hmm. and you will mm-hmm. be nothing because such and such a thing happened a <clears throat> hundred years ago, um, and you know you can't rise above that. Um, and your mother didn't, and your grandmother didn't, and you shall not rise above it either. Um, yeah. And that's um, that's a very powerful uh, message there. Um, <clears throat> do you do you have a new series in mind? Not at the moment. <clears throat> I have a couple of manuscripts that um, were previously written that had to kind of sit on the shelf while I focused on on writing you know, these seven books in, in a period of eight years, yeah. which kind of kept me busy. Um, but I want to go back to them. One is a novella, and it is not a mystery. It's an it's a inspirational Christmas story. And the other is a mystery, and it, it's set both in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and it involves two women whose lives were closely intertwined from childhood on up. Um, so I want to look at those and see, well, should I just forget them? Should I revise them? You know, maybe, maybe they need some editing. Um, take another second look. I I have a fantasy of writing like a three book historical mystery, wow. um, but it hasn't gone any further than that. I have I, I just I, I'm intrigued by historical fiction and historical mysteries, but I have no sense of place, time, plot line, character, or anything. There's just more the the theme of it, um, but whether I will actually do that or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, could I get your sense for listeners, um, sort of the writer's life, your life, or is it your life and your your craft as a writer? I mean, is it something that you do every day that you, you know, uh, you hear writers say, I, I won't get, you know, turn off the computer unless I have 500 words, <laughs> you know, or or something or something along that line. Um, do you have that kind of uh, schedule or uh, or standard that you do to turn out, as you say, uh, basically a, a book every year? Well, when I'm when I'm working on a book, yes, I do. Um, I, I'm disciplined enough from my life as a nonfiction writer, where if I didn't meet my deadline, I didn't get paid. You know yeah. <laughs> that I, that I set goals and, and deadlines for myself. But basically, I'm the type of person I need to know every aspect of the story before I start writing it. So I really spend a lot of time thinking, uh, you know, thinking about it and thinking it through and working out all of the. The, the little details that can stump you up on the way if you if you don't you know work them through, um, and then and then I plot it out uh, like create a roadmap from the beginning to the end everything that happens so I I always know where I'm going I always know what comes next. So and, this is a this is a, a a detailed written outline that you yeah well I don't use the term outline because people always think of you know Roman numeral one <laughs> yeah. It's not like that at all. It's more like Uh it's more like a um, storyboard in words. Mm -hmm. You know, film producers sketch Mm -hmm. out storyboards every scene. Yes. You know, and and so they see the whole movie in their mind before they actually start. You know, putting actors out there and, and filming. So I do that, but I do it with words. So I follow the whole story from beginning to end. Um, in, in this roadmap, like, and they're bullet points, you know, bullet points for every action all the way down the page to the next page, the next page, the next page. I don't think in terms of chapters. I used to, and it didn't really work that well. Yeah. And I don't think in terms of scenes. I think in terms of what next. Okay, and now what? And now what? And now what? And, and just get it, get it from the beginning to the end. Then I start writing and when I'm right, when I'm actually doing that part of it, um, the quote-unquote writing of it, um, I have a goal of a thousand words a day. Oh. Now, do I always meet it? No, um, but that's my goal. If and you if you do eleven hundred so, words, do you give yourself a, a credit for the next day? To <laughs> <laughs> it's tempting, and sometimes I do. Um, but it's interesting. So much of it is just 
your mindset because, okay, so I'm trying to write a thousand words a day. And then there was a point in time where life got crazy and weird and I couldn't, I couldn't get to a thousand words a day. And I, then I was like really depressed. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So then I shifted my goal to 500 words a day. Mm-hmm. And then if I wrote 600, I felt super great. <clears throat> You know, it, yeah. you know, so sometimes you just have yeah. to bend with the circumstances sure. but sure. Um, and be realistic. Yeah. Well, we're almost at the top of the hour here. Um, it's been great talking to you, Patricia Skalka. Uh, coming next is All Around Jazz with Alex Wilding White. I want to thank Patricia, who's uh, the author of Death Casts a Shadow um, in libraries and if you wait, <laughs> or in bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for spending an hour with Madison Bookbeat. And thanks to Sholly Pittman for producing the show, as well as doubling up as our engineer today with assistance from Andrew. Uh, I've been, I'm David Ahrens, and you've been listening to Madison Bookbeat on WORT, listener-sponsored community radio in Madison. Have a great day.